0: and welcome to the Bread and Salt Podcast. I'm Thomas DeMello and today we'll be speaking with Carlos Castro. His show, Remorses and Other Maladies, runs through April 30th. You can still make an appointment to view the exhibition 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday. Write to Bread and Salt Gallery at Gmail for more information. Here is our conversation with Carlos Castro.
1: in San Diego for six years um, and it's been a very interesting experience for in uh, my work, uh, my personal life, and it's uh, challenging, but uh, I'm still seeing the opportunities and the, the way that I maybe I can expand my practice here. And, and, uh, and I mean, like th- this exhibition at Red Salt has been kind of like the biggest thing that I've ever, uh, ever done in, in San Diego. Mm. Uh, so I think it was a nice opportunity to try things that I have been thinking, you know, I work constantly, but I didn't have the place to, to show, you know? So, right. so that's that's uh, something that, um, I don't know, I think people can see in this exhibition is there's painting, there's sculptures, sculpture, there's tapestries. And I was thinking about even showing more paintings. I mean, you know, I'm kind of like ambitious, you know, and uh, maybe think too much about things, you know, and, and maybe try to fill the space, but um, yeah. So coming from Colombia, in six years, this was the, the kind of like the first opportunity to show a, a body of work.
0: What was your training growing up? Did you aspire to be a painter uh, as a young person, or what were you doing in Colombia growing up?
1: And my idea was to be a, a, a my goal, my dream as a teenager was to be a, a rock star. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to be a musician. And I started um, studying art because uh, a couple of friends of mine from high school, they wanted to move to the U.S. And they said, we have to we have to get out of this place. You know, we have to get out from Colombia and, you know, make it somewhere. So while they were getting ready and, and, you know, getting settled, I said, okay, what am I going to do in the meantime? Okay, I'm going to study art because I always like to draw, to to do little objects in in you know, play though, things like that. Mm-hmm. But my my goal was to be a, a a musician, you know. So that was how how you know what I what how I saw my life. Were
0: you self- then, as a musician? Were you playing guitar or what were you doing? Or you just wanted to be a frontman?
1: I played the I played the bass. I I, I would compose songs. I used to sing. Uh, we had a, a band in Colombia and then we, we moved uh, to the U.S. But then one of the members of the band died oh, wow. of ca- cancer. You know? it, it was like six months he was gone. Mm. So then I had to move back to Colombia. I said, oh, okay, what am I going to do? And I said, okay, I'm going to continue uh, studying art. And that's why I'm an artist. You know? It was kind of like a second plan, You know, like a second option. But now is my life again.
0: So when you guys when so you moved to the U.S. as a musician with your friends is that what you said?
1: Yes, I moved. uh, We were in San Francisco for for a year. Mm -hmm. That was twenty years ago, and And we were were playing. We made a record, and then uh, we couldn't continue. So I moved back to Colombia, and I continued studying.
0: You studied art in the U.S., though, like when you were Uh,
1: yeah. One of my friends remained in the U.S and he said hey why don't you come back and we are going to uh, continue with the band and I really wanted to do it mm-hmm. so I said okay but how am I going to go here and so I said okay I'm going to apply to a grant so I applied for a for a, a Fulbright scholarship mm-hmm. and I got the grant so I was able to come and study you know the masters but then uh, my friend he's a very interesting guy he's a, he's a DJ he's kind of like laid back and he said, I have a band ready for you to play. And he had nothing, nothing really happened. Uh, he was you know, busy with many things. So say, I said, okay, I have to focus in my studies and just kept studying. Mm-hmm. So I was again in San Francisco from 2008 to, 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 to 2010 okay. when, I, when I graduated.
0: Hmm. Were you guys playing shows around then? Is that, were you in San Francisco playing shows or did you tour anywhere?
1: Yeah, in the year two thousand, we were we went to Seattle, we went to LA. Uh, cool. Yeah, we were playing. We were very active in San Francisco. There were many places to play. Uh, we were getting kind of like some followers. I mean, I think the band was in a nice direction. You know, it was kind of like Latin punk. You know, so you had like you know, like Latin elements, but with this punk attitude.
0: What was the name of the band?
1: Popo, hmm. which means like shit. Mm -hmm. in 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 spanish
0: cool that's exciting to have that under your belt and uh, have those experiences as a creative young person just i don't know like having the especially um, playing shows and being in a vehicle and traveling with friends and going to the next gig is really fun
1: Um, amazing experience you know I, i mean that was a dream that i had and i mean it didn't it didn't happen but but i mean at least I was able to try, you know, and, and do it. And I have that experience and I'm like, okay, checked. Mm-hmm. It didn't go to the point that I wanted to, but
0: did you but all, I have the
1: experience.
0: Did you always stay on the West Coast or did you do any traveling in the US before you went back to Columbia or you just knew the West Coast kind of thing?
1: Yeah, we were just in the West Coast. We went to Portland, we went to, uh, yeah, Seattle, LA, I think that was it.
0: Did you come down to San Diego at that time, or? Not at all. <laughs>
1: my first time in San Diego was in 2014. Oh, wow. For for the job interview to be a professor in San Diego State.
0: So after that moment in San Francisco doing the band thing, you ended up back in Colombia after that?
1: Yes, yes. I went back to Colombia and I finished my art studies. And then I was working as, a, as an artist for, for maybe about, six years and then i applied to grad school and came to the u.s in 2008 Mm. for a couple of years
0: where did you go for grad school
1: san francisco art institute it's like this magical uh, you know school you know it still has like this atmosphere you know it feels like an art school you know traditional there have been amazing artists in that school you know so I, i really wanted to I'd like be part of that tradition and i had amazing professors it was great
0: um, so i just i'm kind of confused because you went back and forth to san francisco a couple times
1: yes the first time was in the year 2000 <clears throat> it was just for a year then from 2008 to 2010 to do grad school
0: mm. Yeah, did, were you showing at all? Or were you just staying on campus uh, doing doing work and everything? You weren't showing art in San Francisco.
1: I showed in a couple of places, you know, like opportunities for students, but not nothing, you know, like that serious. I mean, we I did the. I, I'm very proud of the work that I did back then, but uh, I was just focused in creating and not so much in exhibiting.
0: Yeah, were you just doing strictly painting then, or were you thinking more uh, conceptual stuff or?
1: I was, um, I, I've never been, I mean, even though I applied to grad school as a painter, mm-hmm. that's not the way that I was educated, you know, like in Colombia, you see everything, you see a sculpture, you see painting, you see video, mm-hmm. and then you do a project, but you don't have to focus on a specific uh, medium.
0: Mm-hmm. To
1: me, that's absurd. I mean, that doesn't make sense. Uh, but still, you know, even in San Diego State, we have that thing, you know, you know sculpture, that's absurd. Mm-hmm. So, when I was in grad school, I was doing um, painting, I was doing sculpture, I was doing video, I was doing performance, I was playing with bands, you know, it was uh, everything, you know, it was life. So, mm-hmm. so, I think that's something that has been very present in my work. And you can also see that in, in bread and salt, you know, you see these sculptures with fire, you see these pieces with um, stained glass pieces, tapestries, paintings, objects. So it's whatever, you know, it's more about life. Uh, I never fed, fit in that category of the painter, you know. The, in, the, in the school, there were the painters. Mm-hmm. But that was for me so boring, you know, like the conversations that they will have and everything. I never consider myself like a painter, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I use it sometimes and yeah, and sometimes uh, I just try something else or otherwise I get bored.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty old school thought that artists are just so specific, like it used to be, like somebody that just works in stone or somebody that just is a painter, um, which yeah, a lot of, yeah. Um, wh- what was it like showing in Columbia? So you went, you got your MFA and then you went back to
1: Columbia, is that right? Yes, I went back in 2012 and, uh, and then I, I was really, uh, you know, like working very hard because I was okay, I'm going to do this thing, you know, and then I started having shows, being very aggressive, applying to, grads, to, to grants, to many things. And many interesting projects happened back then. I also met my wife and, and we had a little girl. Yeah. So that's another big project. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I was working very hard. I was working also uh, in a band and I was also a professor. And at that point, you know, someone told me, hey, why don't you apply to this open code that they have in San Diego State? Hmm. okay let's try and I applied like let's do it I, I wasn't really even thinking about it I maybe I, I'm not a, kind of like a planner you know someone that has a structure no I mm-hmm. go with the impulse and I, I applied and a couple of interviews and then okay you are in so that was shocking you know that was strong you know and it's still for me it's like oh what am I doing here you know there's like this question there's this Am doing the, the right thing? Should I move back to Colombia? Should I move somewhere else? What, what should I do? I think that's, but I mean, that's life, you know? And you keep learning about experiences and you take it as it, as it happens.
0: Yeah, do you see a lot of artists staying? I mean, being from Colombia, do you see a lot of artists staying there and uh, making a living there as an artist? Is there a market for that kind of thing? Or are there independent galleries? Or is it, what's it like showing work down there?
1: Uh, Colombia, I mean Bogota is is getting um is becoming a very I mean at least before the pandemic, it was becoming a very important art center in South America. Mm -hmm. There were like, I don't know, like like contemporary art galleries, I would say like 30 or 35, you know. I mean it was big, you know. We have a a big art fair. There's many important artists, you know, like Doris Salcedo over there. Oscar yeah. Muñoz, uh, Miguel Ángel Rojas, many important artists, I mean artists that are very famous mm-hmm. internationally so I mean there's not kind of like a, like a big art market but yeah there's buyers, there's opportunities, there's there's a, 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 some sponsorships from, from, the, from the state, from the, from the country, you know, so yeah something like that was very important and there's even an, an art district, you know, many galleries but I don't know how the situation is right now after the pandemic.
0: Yeah. Did you spend time in TJ, too, in Tijuana?
1: I, I love TJ. You know, I, I try to go as much as I can. I, I mean, I, we used to go at least twice per month, you know, to, to buy materials, to order something, make a piece, to, to volunteer, to do social work as well. Uh, and i find tj fascinating tj is uh, it inspires me you know it reminds me colombia and, and there's many things that you can find over there that you can find in the u.s mm-hmm. so it's like this place in between bogota and san diego that is that is for me so important and so inspiring
0: yeah it's beautiful down there I mean, just the colors alone you see when you're walking down the street you know hand-painted signs and just i don't know makes the US seem so bland. Did you have art in the home? Did your parents collect
1: art? Well, we didn't have art in the house, but my father, I mean, he has, he had a very particular taste. You know, he liked uh, Louis XV uh, chairs and chandeliers and that stuff, you know, and a So it was kind of like a little palace, a palace you know, and very interesting. And that's an, a great influence in my work, you know, like that kind of like Baroque and Rococo aesthetic we also had tapestries and now i make tapestries Mm. so uh, but my father is a chemist so he has his company over there and even though he's not an artist he's a super creative person you know he designs products he he has had a company for more than 50 years and he's still going to work every day so he's a huge inspiration for me a, a huge i admire him so much and every time that i'm making a project i'm working on a piece i ask for his advice you know so we are very close in that sense um, when i told him that i wanted to study art he told me no i'll study something that can be more or you can actually learn something <laughs> or do something with uh, be an architect be something else you know he was trying to convince me but i said I mean, let me give it a try and know. and then and then now he's my biggest support you know like he when there's something in the newspaper or whatever he collects those things you know he talks about my work to his friends to people you know so it's interesting that uh, now he um, yeah, I mean loves my work he supports me and 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 he's all okay what are you doing right now tell me about your projects you know mm-hmm. so we are all the time talking about it, and I think that's a great support you know
0: and your mother was she a creative person or did she
1: have any my mother, she loves music. Uh, she sings very beautiful. Uh, she's uh, she, I mean, she will work in my father's company, and she was kind of like a support for my father. But um, yeah, I mean, they don't really like art that much. When we will travel, I will tell them, "Hey, let's go to a museum." And They're like, "No, that's so boring." You know, like they were not like into that at all. But you know, now with time, they are more. I mean. Seeing my exhibitions and getting to know some of my friends, they're getting more interested. But at the beginning, they were they, they wouldn't care that much about it.
0: Thinking about making work, have you found it hard to to um, make a living with some of these works that um, aren't traditional, like? Uh, like a fire element um, piece or something that is like a stained glass work that is, has an electrical component? Have you found buyers for that kind of thing? Or would that ever deter you from making something? It doesn't seem like it. It seems like you kind of make whatever you're um, feeling the itch to make. I know some artists are compelled to only make work that might um, sell in the end. You don't seem to be as compelled by that. Um, you seem to just kind of make the work that you want to.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, just when I graduated uh, from a from, uh, bachelor's school, uh, I started making pieces with human blood, mm-hmm. uh, were, like wallpapers with human. My family's blood because my family is so important in my life. I was doing things with taxiderm animals, but I, for some reason, I have always been able to find a kind of like a side job that gives me the opportunity to create you know mm-hmm. uh, so back then I was a graphic designer in a company mm-hmm. and I used to work also as a professor you know so I, I always had you know like some economical support so when I uh, I was able to make my art I, I mean it, it sold or if, if it was I uh, I don't know if there were buyers okay great but if it didn't happen I mean uh, that was not the goal you know like i had that part of my life already kind of like a and then i was able to create and i still follow that philosophy you know and and, and sometimes uh, yeah it really gives you you know the freedom like last year i had a sabbatical from school and i was really able to focus in my work and i was doing the pieces that you can see at Brehan salt
0: is that from the the pace san antonio residency
1: yeah, right after San Antonio last year, I was in a residency in Arpaz for a couple of months, eh, where you can see some of the pieces that are in Branson, the pieces with fire I made over there, eh, the video that you can see, mm-hmm. uh, and the small paintings. Eh, I started them like three years ago, but I had to stop because I got very depressed, mm-hmm. and then I started working again eh, on them in the pandemic. You know. Like I couldn't leave the house i had free time so i was just painting the whole day and now you can see yeah like more than 100 paintings you know that or and objects that were created uh, in that period you know so it's, it was kind of a beautiful experience
0: some of those objects that you painted on there might be like a fast food container lid or it might be a piece of wood did that happen because of the pandemic or were you already painting on found materials
1: well, I'm very curious with things, you know, and, and in, in the U.S., you see so much waste, you know, like when I go to the recycling bin, you see these interesting containers, you see all these things. And lately, I've been very into meditation, you know, so when I see one of those subjects, I start to see the shape. And, okay, So this might work as, a, as an artist. Mm-hmm. So in my house, I had a wall uh, with some shelves. And I was just putting objects there. Mm -hmm. So maybe they could give me an idea of things that I found on the street. uh, And I was also finding images, photographs, and I was painting them. So it was kind of like this living process. Uh, Even I will eat a fruit, I put it on the shelf, and I was able to see how it will decay or change the colors. So it was in in my wife, she was like, Hey, are you going to throw this? Is this art? Is this um and you even saw it in the in the in the while we were working there, you know, like this art or what is this? Because many of those things are kind of like everyday objects, and I just make little changes, or sometimes I don't do anything at all, but they they make they make sense. They are part of the series.
0: Yeah, I tried to just have trash cans available and I figured. I mean, I've been installing a artwork for a really long time, so I don't want to make the mistake of throwing something away. So yeah. I left that to you to decide. And at the end, we made that rush of, uh, you know, <laughs> it was your job to organize what was uh, keepable <laughs>
1: for you. Yeah, and, and some of the pieces happened, you know, while while uh, I was, uh, you know, like uh, working on the show, uh, and you, you saw me and you helped me a lot also, you know, defining the space, you know, playing with the objects. But the process is still, I mean, it's still, it continues still. And yesterday I was there working, working in a small painting. Mm-hmm. So right now I want to, I mean, before my studio was this, this room that I'm in right now. But now the studio is bread and salt, and and, and whenever I can, I I go and paint, and I continue the process. That's something that I'm really
0: excited about. We have, you know, our large main gallery, and there are areas where the shelving that these paintings are sitting on, there's empty spots. So you're planning to fill some of these spaces. So right now there's over 100 um, paintings, and you're hoping to have a few more? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah i want to make i mean as many as i can it's not like a goal like i mean i mean my goal is to make 311 and that's a uh, very important for me that i reach but i mean if it happens in five years great and if it happens in six months that's i mean i just have to be true to the process you know to the to whatever happens you know not to force it not to be ambitious about number no? so it's, it's going to continue and and yeah soon i think we're going also going to build some new um, walls you know to to continue this conversation and to continue the pieces you know so maybe what i mean what people saw in the opening is going to be different than the final result mm-hmm. at least in that main gallery
0: yeah so the show goes till april 30th so they'll when they come you know if we have a few more events they might see something different that they didn't see um What's the significance of the 311 paintings? can i ask that,
1: that that's a very interesting number it has many different meanings uh, that is a number for a spiritual developing you know and getting to a different spiritual state or whatever you call it they also consider it like the 311 is the the third, the uh, the 11th letter of the um, of the alphabet so it's kkk and of course you know kkk has all these implications right. uh, there was also a band that i like uh, when i was a teenager that was called 311 uh-huh. so there's the, there was like this number and i said like i'm, I'm just going to use that number it's kind of like a random number but at the same time when i think about it uh, yeah, it makes sense and and i'm still finding meanings about that number there's an angel that is called the 311 angel mm-hmm. so many weird things mm-hmm. so i'm just i'm just following that you know it's kind of like an absurd goal but Uh It makes
0: sense in a way. Yeah, I like that you just said you're just following something. I guess the artist's intuition. I mean, that's why we kind of, you know, artists are just compelled to do things and leads down a path and you end up making something. And um, I I like when things are just more organic like that. You know, I think so many times we expect artists to have this fully fleshed out um, thing all the time. And I, just like you're saying, you're just letting it go where it goes. I think that's really cool.
1: I think it's nice that it, it grows, that it, it decays. It, mm-hmm. it, like life, you know, it's, it's going to change. And, and some people can see, you know, like a painting that maybe it took me like a week to make. But beside it, you can see an object that was just found. You know, it's mm-hmm. the idea of time, that the idea of energy into the objects, what makes sense, you know, that those connections, I'm interested in that.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um... I know you mentioned that you've been just compelled to make anything from video or sculpture, but um, can you walk us through the exhibition a little bit and talk about some of the other things people might see? The stained glass or, or the pieces from Pace San Antonio, like the, um, the circular piece with the, with the gunshot holes and, um, and the tower. Yes.
1: Uh, well, the entrance is for me, kind of like the heart of the show is was these paintings, the, the remorses, these mm-hmm paintings that we just talked about and then in the following room I wanted to kind of like show some of the pieces that I was working on last year and and that was in San Antonio and I had the opportunity to live there for two months and I wanted to do that something that was related to the local culture but something that I was also very interested in and I have always been interested in religion and in how religion in a way shapes or behaviors in the ideas about the, yeah, what we do or customs or ideas about life. Mm-hmm. So I discovered that the Texas is the second state with, most, with more churches in the US. So that's interesting, you know, when you go to, church, to, to Texas, you see billboards saying, repent, God is coming soon. You know, it's like uh, lots of them. And at the same time, in the last 20 years, there, has been, there have been many attacks to churches, you know, they have been burning black churches, in like dozens of churches, you know, in just ten years. Mm-hmm. It also, attacks, you know, shootings. So I was interested in, in exploring those two sides, you know, a culture that it has, you know, that religious fervor, and at the same time, all these attacks. Mm-hmm. And all the pieces that I created, in a way, have that double meaning, you know. Like you see, and you, for example, you see one that is. A person that is holding a a cell phone and what the the sculpture uh, you see in the the cell phone you see a video of an actual footage of a church that was burned in texas recently and what you see that you see the head of the person that is watching the cell phone in flames Mm. so i I was interested in like that idea of you know something that we see virtually and how it can affect us physically you know and after the pandemic, of course, that that image, you know, took another meaning because then it was like all of us, you know, in, in the isolation, you know, in our houses, you know, just watching TV, computers, screens, uh, cell phones, and feeling all this anxiety and, and living, you know, through these devices. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's time more and more. It's time we spend more time connected to those things you know uh, there were also a piece of a church burning a little replica of a church that you can see burning texts with fire that have kind of like two meanings or different meanings uh, and a video that was that for me is kind of like the, the the center of the show and is uh, I was exploring you know the idea of religion and I went to the biggest mega church in the US that is in, in Houston. So I was there and I, I was just recording the, 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 the this priest or pastor, you know, speaking in uh, his sermon. And it was very interesting because he was all the time talking about fire mm-hmm. and how God can take us through the fire. What he says is like, uh, invite God into the difficulties. So it, it was for me, like it's incredible. I want to make a, a project, you know, based on fire because of its meaning and everything. But in this guy's, talking about fire and it was beautiful a beautiful coincidence and it showed me that I was maybe on the right path Mm. and in the last um, um, room you can see some uh, tapestries and those tapestries are kind of like related to the idea of myth and um, so things that you can find you know um, I mean that are not part of the, the historical narrative uh, but that, that many people know about you know in kind of like rumors or also um, yeah like uh, uh, how do you call that urban uh, urban legends, something like that yeah urban legends so yeah so that was the idea but what i'm doing uh, there is like i'm using a medieval elements a medieval technique because uh The tapestry is this, you know, like very old material, and it's got like this very tactile and beautiful uh, appearance. Uh, But also, you know, playing with that idea of medieval times where they were just showing mythical things with things that actually happened, you know. So it's kind of like thinking about uh, how we can represent a reality, you know, and things that are real, things that are, uh, you know, a myth, things about, you know, for example, in the exhibition, I have a couple of pieces related to aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something I mean, we're in the 21st century, we still don't know if there's aliens or proofs about that. So there's so many rumors, you know, the Area 51 and this place where they supposedly they have these uh, aliens or uh, this uh, cult in, uh, from the la- uh, late 90s in San Diego, uh, Heaven's Gate. And their goal was to join the, the, com- the Haley Comet and join uh, aliens to go with God you know Mm -hmm. but what is interesting about that rumor is that uh, i mean for some reason people still believe and they think that they are prophets they are people that made it to heaven and they are still communicating with them Mm -hmm. so there's things about you know like history myth but also questions about you know the world and how we see it
0: a lot of people ask if you made the tapestries yourself Um, i
1: Uh, I think that's a great question Uh, what i say is yes Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, but maybe not uh, i also say that a person in tj makes them makes them for me i also could order them from holland you know because they are the most beautiful tapestries mm-hmm. the, the 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 project is about myths you know about rumors so i don't really say how i make them They mm-hmm. uh, it could be with by hand or they could be ordered or whatever that's that's part of the mystery of the piece, so I, I never really talk about that.
0: Mm-hmm. The shooting piece, do you want to talk about that?
1: Uh, that piece is called Revelation, and is um, you can see kind of like a stained glass rose or the shape of it, uh, but instead of uh, windows or glass, you see bullet holes. Mm-hmm. And I, that, that piece I, I created in Texas in something that, that is very taxono using a gun, learning how to shoot you know that's part of the culture. there's many places where you can learn, practice whatever. So I really wanted to do something. I never shot a gun before so I was like no I want to do this project and so I just created the Roseer window and I was just shooting 1,000 bullet holes so you can see all these holes you can see all these accidents on the piece but it, there's light you know behind the piece but you can see the light. Through the holes, through the wounds, so in a way, eh, all the pieces have kind of like something that is violent, the fire, you know, the head burning, the 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 church burning, but at the same time, something that could be about transcendence, you know, and that's something that is also very, uh, you know, religious in a way, you know, how fire in a way could be a way of suffering, but in a way, it's also a, a path to become a better person, and that's a a nice metaphor in a way but it, kind of like what is interesting like the first pieces the remorses that you can see uh, one of the first ones that I did was like this uh, painting of a of a head burning you know mm-hmm. so like those little paintings in a way informed the other uh, projects you know so the paintings the, the sketch for that uh, sculpture was a painting. And many of the things that you can see of the tapestries, you can see some of those images also in the paintings because that's me finding all this information and trying to, to connect it. And, 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 and um, so each project, in a way, uh, has a dialogue with the other one.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any projects coming up after this?
1: I'm, I'm working in more pieces, you know, and I'm working in some uh, new exhibitions. Uh, I'm working in a, a series of uh, monuments that have been attacked or defaced and I'm just doing kind of like portraits mm-hmm. of those monuments and that's for a show that uh, that is coming up. I'm working in tapestries. I have a, a, an exhibition in in, in Spain uh, where I'm going to be showing some of those tapestries and yeah, there's things happening, you know, like little by little they move. Hmm? Yeah. You just plant these seeds and sometimes they grow sometimes they do i mean they are there you know?
0: yeah and uh i guess the gallery is open 11 to 4 tuesday through saturday and we're closed sundays and mondays but there's still lots of opportunities to come and make an appointment or you know april 30th is the closing day
1: yeah i also want to do kind of like some um, guide visits we have to come up with a plan and then yeah we can, in small groups uh, i can talk to people and and I also like to hear what people say, you know, I think in the opening uh, it was, I mean, many people showed up and we we did, you know, things with distance and safety and, and it was great. People were enjoying the, the work and we had nice conversations, everyone was safe. So I think that was good and that's an opportunity that we can continue.
0: Yeah, I heard lots of people say that it was their first art experience out of the pandemic, so. Um pretty exciting, good show for people to see with all this all this stuff they've been carrying, all these thoughts about the pandemic. and.
1: There's something, another interesting element in the exhibition, and is the, the catalog, the little brochure that we created. In, in that brochure, a curator and also a friend of mine, I think she did a great re- reflection on the pieces. Her name is Monica Spinel. She's based on a um, She's based on in New York City, and uh, yeah, she was. She's been also a, a great support in my work. So I have these conversations with her, and the text is great. And I think when you read the text, when you see the show, kind of like guides you in a different or interesting way. It gives you ideas about the pieces and everything.
0: Right, and the design of the whole pamphlet is really incredible too. Did you design that, or did she?
1: Uh, my wife designed it so many creative yeah.
0: people around you, you know that yeah. the design of the book and it, itself and the way it feels in your hand the paper quality everything's really great and those are free too which is great
1: yeah books are free and and yeah my wife was working on them and and, and yeah i'm sur- surrounded by creative people yeah and very I love cool
0: that. well thank you so much carlos for talking um
1: Thank you, Tom, for this conversation and also for, uh, you know, all the support in the exhibition. I think it's been great to, to have you there. And all the time I'm asking you, hey, what do you think, Tom? You know, like, and you're like, you let me know, whatever. But I think these conversations, you know, and talking uh, in a way inform the work a, a lot and the the, the, work, the exhibition would be totally different if you hadn't been there. So I really appreciate your support and also uh, Jeans and Isabelle's. Uh, yeah, great people to work with.
0: Yeah, I do have to say I, I trust the artists. I think the artists are ultimately right, you know, the majority of the time. So I definitely, anytime we have an artist in the gallery, I lean on them for the answer. I don't want to be telling anybody what to do. I will though, uh, if I have to. But <laughs> I love... I love having artists run their own show, and I can be there for technical support if it means, you know, running an electrical wire a certain way or, you know, things like that. I love working with artists like that. I don't like pushy curators. That's no fun, you know?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I know, and I felt that support, and I think that people, when they visit the show, uh, they can tell that we were kind of like having fun while we were creating it, you know, playing with objects, playing with things
0: um well i'll probably see you around at the building here pretty soon
1: okay i'll see you soon maybe on thursday i'll be there cool. all right thanks Ross. thank you so much bye-bye